Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy, and uh, thank you very much for downloading, streaming, whatever it may be to obtain this audio recording. I am extremely thankful, and it's greatly appreciated. Uh, Welcome back to all the people that have been loyally listening. Loyally? Loyally? Is that the right word? Yeah, it'll do. Uh, I've been listening for a while now. Thank you so much for coming back and a big hello and welcome to the first time listeners. Hope you enjoy this one. It's, I think it's a pretty good episode if I do say so myself. And I will lie when I say this, I promise not to waffle on too much, but I do. So there you go. Um, first and foremost, before we kick into everything, uh, a bit of housekeeping this uh, episode and all episodes can be found on andysocial.net. Um, you can also listen to them on our, on our, yeah, it's our, why not? It's all of ours. Um, our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash C slash Andy Dowling. You can just search for the Andy Social podcast on YouTube. It's, you can find it there. Um, there's heaps of other videos there as well as my morning a uh, little podcast that is called Crazy Talk with Andy because I couldn't think of anything better to call it. Um, and what that is is 30 minutes each morning when I'm uh, driving the crack of dawn and uh, just basically dribbling. I'm just talking about whatever I can think of, something that's happened the day before or things that are coming up, a bit of the day-to-day happenings. I figured it's um, better than what's on morning radio So, um, yeah, it's there on YouTube. It's only on YouTube, uh, that one. Um, And it's usually uploaded between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. each Monday to Friday. That's Sydney time for you international people. Uh, So, yeah, I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now and uh, it's pretty good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I usually spend a lot of time talking to myself in the car, so I figured I may as well document it and record it. And whether anybody listens to it or not is not really a big deal. It's um, nice to have something vaulted there and uh, if uh, I ever need to go back and have a listen to where my head was at at one point in time, then uh, I've got uh, plenty of material to (laughs) to reflect on. Uh, Yeah, so um, everything's there on YouTube. It's a great way of spreading the podcast around. So if you feel like sharing the love, um, YouTube links are probably the best way to get people into podcasts in general or into mine specifically. Uh, So you can find all the individual episodes on there and just uh, copy the link and share it on your social media platforms. Speaking of social media, uh, I'm all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. I think I even got a Vine account the other day. I haven't used it yet. I'm on Periscope as well. I haven't really used that uh, for a while now, but um, I'm there on that. Um, And I don't know. I'm I'm sure I'm on a few other ones that I can't think of. But if you just search for Andy Dowling on any of those platforms, you will find me on there. So like, comment, share, all those things that are all great on social media. Uh, It all helps the podcast reach more people. Um, and if you want to go one step further, you can also go onto iTunes and rate and review this podcast. I haven't asked for that for a while. I keep forgetting. Um, that's a great way of getting the podcast up the charts uh, so more people can check it out and discover some of the awesome guests that uh, I've had on the podcast and have on this episode. I'll use that as a segue. Um, I'll leave the rest of the housekeeping for the, re- for the uh, outro of this episode. But uh, this week is... The end of my three-parter, I'm calling it a three-parter 
because you all know by now that uh, the uh, Drum Wars tour, the um, Apathy Brothers or the the Apice Apathy Brothers, <laughs> depending on who you speak to in the band, um, are coming here in February. So that's Carmine Apathy or Carmine Apice and Vinny Apathy. Uh, so I won't go into too much uh, background about who they are. You should already know who they are. Um, and if you don't, then go back to the last two episodes where I had them on the podcast, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but they're coming out for their Drum Wars tour in February. And not only will I be playing bass for the band, but Mike Mills, famously known from Toe Hider, will be on guitar as well. So this week I've had the pleasure of sitting down with Mike at his house in Melbourne. Um, and that's where I've been earlier this evening. And now I'm now I'm at the hotel and, um, yeah, just had a great chat with him. Uh, we talked about the, the upcoming shows with, uh, with the Apathy brothers, um, talked about our love of Dio <laughs> and, um, and just talked about all things toe hider. I mean, Mike's, Mike's an amazing musician. I've been a fan for years. Um, I've been lucky to even, uh, play a show with, um, well, we've, we played shows together in our respective bands, but um, we've actually uh, shared the stage as well quite a few years ago. It was a, a year after Ronnie James Dio's uh, death, and uh, we did a tribute show down here in Melbourne. So there was, um, yeah, it was uh, a night filled with uh, Dio classics from his solo stuff, Sabbath and Rainbow, and we had a little three-piece going with uh, Peter Marin, who's uh, the uh, current drummer in Passenger, for all you... Uh, music nerds you'll know who they are quite big in in europe um so the three of us got together quite a few years ago and did a did a really cool dio tribute set so it's quite funny that mike and i are um going to relive some of those dio songs but uh with uh, a fully fledged member of dio being uh, vinnie apathy so that'll be really cool but um yeah this is a really cool chat it's nice to catch up with mike it's been ages since i've um, really well, I've seen him. I haven't seen him for, for quite quite some time and had a chat. So it was good to catch up and just shoot the shit for, for an hour or so. And, uh, yeah, um, I would highly recommend that you check out Toe Hider. Uh, Toe Hider's been out for a, f- a few years now. Been out for a few years like it's a product. <laughs> uh, Toe Hider's been around for a few years and there's quite a few releases. I won't go through it all. Uh, but I highly recommend getting the latest EP called Mainly Songs About Robots um, that actually features Vinny Apathy on drums, which is really, really cool. You can grab that from Bandcamp. So I would assume um, it'll be something like toehider.bandcamp.com. I could be completely wrong there. I didn't look that up. But if you search for Toehider Bandcamp, you'll find it easy. It's a great way to get the songs really quick and easy. Uh, I can't speak enough about Bandcamp, but I'll leave that for another episode. Um, but it's a great platform and an easy way to support artists, including Mike Mills. So enough rambling. I'll leave the rest of the rambling for the end of the episode, but I really hope you enjoy this and make sure you reach out to Mike and let him know what you think of, uh, of this episode as well. And of course his music. So please enjoy this episode with Mike Mills. <laughs> So we're going to improv like jazz musicians. Yeah. How are you, Andy? Very well, yourself. Yeah, good, man. We're, uh, we're sitting at your house in Airport West. In the good old Airport West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paradise. Living the life. Certainly easy to get here from the airport. Yeah, that's like about the only benefit, I think. 
I told the it takes ta- like ten minutes or something. Well, I told the taxi driver. I said, "Oh, it's not far down the road." I said, "Airport West." He goes, "Oh, is that it?" <sighs> yeah. Well, so, that's like the story of my life when I have to get a get a uh, some sort of taxi from from the airport to my house because, like, they I think those taxi guys like line up for hours. Yeah. And then yeah, once they once they find out you're only going ten minutes down the road, they got to you know it's like a twenty dollar thirty dollar fare, <laughs> and then they have to go and line up again. <laughs> we used to have that um, when I lived in St. Peter's near Sydney Airport and it was about the same distance, or might even be less. And there was one time where we played in Japan and just exhausted and I had like 10 days of just really polite Japanese people. Mm. And so I came back and I was buggered and then I get into the cab and I tell him where to go. He goes, oh, that's bullshit. You know, I've been waiting in line for an hour and a half. And I said, mate. I've just spent 10 days being treated like a king. I don't need this shit. And you're at the international <laughs> airport as well. What's this sort of greeting for people coming into the country? Yeah, yeah. I said, that's okay. I'll get out. I'll tell the guy that you don't want to take me and I'll get the next one. No, 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 don't worry, yeah, mate. Don't worry, mate. And then he's trying to explain how hard it is and how much money he doesn't make and all this sort of stuff. I was like, just get me to well, my just house. Just don't do the work then. Just, yeah. don't, just, just find some other job. Yeah. If, if you haven't got the temperament and the, the patience. And the understanding that that's how the thing works, then don't don't do that kind of work. It's pretty it's, simple. It's probably wonder why people go to Uber now. Yeah, oh, man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's it's definitely shaken the whole thing up, which is yeah. great. Are you on the Uber thing yet? I am, but um, like I keep changing it when I go overseas. So you change your phone number because you need like a local number. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So. I was in Europe and I had like just this really cheap, shitty Spanish SIM card. Mm. And today I was, I was sitting around. I go, oh fuck! I've got to update the the phone number, and I'm clicking on it, clicking on it, it wouldn't let me. And so I was going through all the the help menus, and it says, oh, if you've got the new app and you can't load your new number or change your number, uh, please fill out this form. So I filled it out, and that was seven hours ago. And right. I got to the airport and checked it. Didn't work. No oh, man. Oh, yellow taxi then. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, normally I do it. And then in the US they've got some they've got a competitor over there called Lyft. Oh yeah. And um it's it's very Americanized. I don't think it's anywhere else, but you can at the end of the fare, like it's all linked to your card, so you don't have to hand over cash. Yep. But you can select uh if you want to tip them. So instead of having that awkward thing at the end of the thing, go, oh, here's a dollar or here's $5 or whatever. You just get out, you go, see them, whatever. And then afterwards it goes, oh, rate this person. It's like, oh, would you like to give them $0, $1, yeah, right. $3, 5 10 or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, oh, yeah, okay, one, one, <laughs> one. But, yeah, right. uh, yeah, but that was really cool. I really so it's not it. like forced tipping like it is in like restaurants and stuff, yeah? Yeah, that, that's hard. I, even in Europe, like um, in some places, they've they've just milked the fact that there's tourists. Like mm. uh, in Prague, they, they go, Oh, if you're in the city centre and you're a tourist, you're expected to tip. If you're a local, you don't have to tip. Yeah, right. I go, that's, that's just so cuntish. Like, you shouldn't be doing that at all. And so they'd sit there, they'd stand there and go, oh, here's the here's the receipt, so here's the bill, and um, that's 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 the suggested tip. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, I shouldn't complain because, like, in Prague it's like, 50 cents or something like that, to yeah, tip, yeah. if anything. So, yeah. and then they're, they're like stoked if you give them like a dollar. Mm. Like, oh, thank you so much. Please come back. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. worries. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hate it. It's so, like, it fucks with my head, especially like, um, I remember once being somewhere and um, a guy was taking bags out of the back of like an airport shuttle and he was standing there waiting for, for money. Yeah. And so I gave him a dollar and I thought, oh, man, 
such a tight ass. <laughs> and I thought, no, stuff that. That guy probably does 100 people a day and gets 100 bucks in tips. And mm. I just had to keep sort of working a bit. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the joys of, um, of paying people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, digress straight away. Um, so I think we're playing some shows together. Yes. Yeah, we are. Um, it's kind of, a, it's actually a bit of a dream come true for me, I have to say. Getting a, getting a chance to work with Vinny Apathy so. and his brother Carmine. Like I've, I've I've still got like, you know, picture this, Andy. Picture how old are you? Mm. I forget. Thirty two. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm thirty seven. <laughs> and um, so I, like in the nineties, like when you know bands like Nirvana and um, you know, Pearl Jam and freaking Green Day and what's the other one Oasis, yeah. all this stuff. Like I none of I could, I couldn't. I, I love it all now, but back, but you know back when I was a teenager, I just couldn't um, couldn't identify with it at all. And I had a science teacher who um, I think, you know, because I was into Iron Maiden because everybody has, was into Iron Maiden who wasn't into that kind of stuff, I guess, or like people's older brothers or whatever. Um, and I think I had like Iron Maiden on one of my school files and um, my science teacher saw it and he just started talking about all bands and, and he lent me um, – he, well, first he lent me actually a Rainbow um, album, which is the on stage, which is the live album, um, and then he, uh, and then that well that that must have come from the Deep Purple thing because of Richie Blackmore, and I was like, man, who's this singer? And then he's like, yeah, this is but you haven't heard of Ronnie James Dio? What the hell's the matter with you? you know? <laughs> um, so I was like fourteen or something. Um, and then he, yeah, and then he lent me Holy Diver, um, and then I was just. Yeah, and it was just immediately just became obsessed with everything that Dio was doing. And but you know, back I don't have to tell you, but maybe I have to tell some of the listeners <laughs> that back then it was just impossible to find stuff. Like you couldn't just Google someone and 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 find out all of the work that they'd done or whatever. It was kind of just this massive hunt <laughs> for 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 looking. Uh, I forget know. how hard it is. Like now, like. Someone tells me, oh, I should check something out. And like 10 seconds later, I'm already listening to a song. Like you just find something streaming or yeah. on YouTube and it's just so easy and you forget like yeah, yeah. how we used to have to try and get each other into music or dubbing like the third or fourth cassette over and just losing the quality mm. and yeah, just oh, to try and discover stuff. is insane. It's funny. I've got, I've got um, I don't have the tape anymore, but I, I, I taped my friend's um, dad's uh, Power Slave oh, yeah. record yeah. and it skips during the duelists or something. So even when I listen to the real You're song now, waiting. I still hear it like with this little <laughs> skip in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I immediately started to just um, digest and consume all of everything that, that Dio had done. Like I, I found all of the, um, the early Elf albums and the th- I think the three the three studio albums and the and the live album that um that he did with Rainbow, and then the t- obviously the two Sabbath records and the live uh, the live Sabbath and then all of the the Dio solo albums and I think around that time he um he just released like Strange Highways oh, which is like yep. the nineties when he I don't know it's kind of like people often sort of say that it was like the the 
the shittiest part of his stuff, but because it was like, you know, it's 14 years old and, you know, just so hungry for that kind of thing and it was his most current work, I just really took to it instantly. And then such the a heavy week, album as well. Yeah, that yeah. pain song. Yeah, yeah, that, man. It's, yeah, just, totally. it's such a ball kicker. Yeah, yeah. And the opening track is <laughs> yeah. also one of my favourite Dio songs. And, and then Strange Highways was the next one. Um, and then... Uh, so, and yeah, and, and all the while I was just really into like who we had in the band and, you know, yeah. how we had um, like Craig Goldie was on the Dream Evil thing and that Ro- Rowan Robertson, I think it was like this 16-year-old guitar player. Oh, yeah. And I always used to like fantasise about, oh, man, imagine if that was me, you know, like having, having just been plucked from obscurity, like all of a sudden been playing with someone like Dio or something. It would be, be awesome. <laughs> um, and, and uh, yeah, and then the, the Vinnie Apathy thing, um, like all, uh, I found, um, oh, man, yeah, okay, so I found a VHS copy of, I think it was called Spectacle at the Spectrum or oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, the, with which the, was, the dragon. Yeah, man, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, <laughs> a, uh, a friend bought it, a, a friend's brother bought it because he was a huge Sabbath fan, but he hated the Dio solo yeah. stuff. It was like too, like, I don't, I don't know, it wasn't heavy enough for him yeah. or something. Um, but I just, yeah, so I just stole it off him and just used to watch it over and over and over. And then Vinny's massive drum solo on that. And, um, those ridiculous drums, those like big side wall yeah. toms. Just yeah, totally- yeah. And he had that that thing where he would just, he just had a circle of toms all around him. So his, his chair would swivel around and he could just play this constant fill. Yeah. Going all the way around. Oh, man, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, and then, and then I got, um, they, uh, Vinny and Carmine did a, um, a drum wars tape in the nineties, which, um, <laughs> trying to, trying to do it like a wrestling kind of video where they were, um, talking trash about one another. And, and then, and then it was filmed, they filmed this, um, this gig that they did and with Jennifer Batten playing guitar, um, Batten, Batten, you know, Jennifer yeah, Batten. I know of a Batten. I'll, I'll, let's just go. Yeah, Batten. let's go Batten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and it was just, yeah, well, that was a, a friend of mine's. He, he managed to find it somehow. I don't know how the hell he tracked it down. So anyway, and then, um, I don't know, the 2000s, like, I, I guess I, I, for me, the, 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 the least exciting Dio albums were the ones that Vinny wasn't on mm. or he, he, he didn't play on Lock Up the Wolves, yep. which had some cool songs, but mostly I just couldn't really... <sighs> I don't know, like that kind of stuff was over for him. Like he was still trying to go with the, with with what he was, what, mm. what you know, what was the album before that, Dream Evil. Um, yeah. But then with with Strange Highways, it kind of was his reinvention, and he got Vinny back. And I'd love to know why he didn't play play in that era. Anyway, um, and then yeah, and then that was Vinny's last album as well with Dio was Strange Highways, and then there was the two thousand stuff, the Killing the Dragon again, and all that. I yeah. know it was Magica. Yeah, Magic Hour. I don't think he did Killing the Dragon. I think it was that um, Yeah, Simon Wright was Simon on both. Wright. Yeah, was on both of those albums, yeah. So neither of the, like I listened to those uh, albums and they're great, but neither of them really I don't know, really stood out for me. It was always that just that excitement that he brought and just playing he would just, just play these really unique kind of really cool fills in places that you wouldn't expect them to be. Um and if you watch him, he looks like he's about to just lose control. Just yeah. the way he's playing, just looks yeah, like this, yeah. this <laughs> chaotic style of drumming. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of going, like I remember when I was 
when I first like saw him play just young and not knowing what the hell I'm watching, I'm like, does this guy know how to play drums? Like I'm not listening. I'm just watching him because he just looks like he's just so erratic with his mm. drumming. But um, And it's all it's all arm and it's yeah. all um, elbow. Like there's not much And that's movement. probably what it is. Mm. And so because his whole arm's moving, his whole mm. body's sort of moving with the arms yeah, going yeah. up and down. Yeah. Just total power, yeah. which was just – it's re- so remarkable because he's got this – this finesse about what he does as well, and it and it comes from such massive movements. So it's like, man, I I just can't wait to like be in the room and just listening to like how because he's got this reputation for being like a really loud drummer. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, he's um, when I spoke to him the other day, he's like just carrying on about oh, just got to turn it up, just got to turn it up, just just crank it, <laughs> like just because right. I asked them both, <laughs> I go, all right, so I'm going to be playing bass what bit of advice do you have for me for both of the shows? Mm. And so Carmine, Carmine said, just lock in with the guitarist. Don't pay attention to us because we'll just, we're just going to go off and just do all this crazy stuff and you're just going to get lost straight away. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, right, no worries. <laughs> and then and Vinny's just like, learn the songs. And I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, no, nah, it'll be all right. We'll work it out, you know. So, um, but they seem, I mean, they seem really cool. Um, Vinny's definitely... I think Vinny's a little bit more um, personable. Yep. Um, Carmine was cool, but I think he's just, he's got a few more years on Vinny and mm. I think he's very much into, he's very aware of what he needs to plug and he's, he's yeah, in, right. he was in interview mode. Yeah, sure. And Vinny was a little bit like that, but he was he was a bit more attentive and was going backwards and forwards with different things. Yeah, so, cool. Um, he's a lot more personable, but they, they, they seem cool. I think they're going to be, they're certainly going to be characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Carmine, it's like, I'm convinced the only reason Carmine a piece. Yeah, they, that's they right. Tell, they tell the story about how they pronounce their last names <laughs> differently, which is awesome. The only reason Carmine a piece isn't like a John Bonham household name guy is because he's still alive and kicking. Let's, let's be honest. Like the 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 reason Bonham, like um, there's that there's the story of when Vanilla Fudge were out touring and their support act was Led Zeppelin mm. um, and. John Bonham was like a huge Carmine, Carmine yeah. a piece fan, and um, um, Carmine got him the Ludwig endorsement and um, like all of the signature licks that Bonham did were were lifted from what well, Carmine yeah. does. Yeah. Even though Carmine sort of says, "No, he sort of made it his own thing," but it's but you listen to those old albums, those old Vanilla, vanilla Fudge albums, it's just really obvious where he got it from. So it's like, could you imagine being in that position where you know? you basically had this stuff that you came up with popularised by someone else and it's kind of associated with this massive thing. There's got to be like a little bit of like, oh, man, damn it, yeah. you know, like, oh, that's my shit. Oh, right? I'm still alive, <laughs> damn it. Why are these guys getting <laughs> yeah. all Well, there's that, yeah. So it's like, it keeps, keeps me mumble. It's crazy. I mean, uh, like for me growing up, I always saw like Vinny was Dio and Sabbath and so I knew him from that and like um, – the uh, Hungry for Heaven video clip where he's like doing the, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. big side toms. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Carmine, like I just, I think because he wasn't playing with these prolific bands sort of later into the 80s, into the 90s, he was doing, he'd already built a reputation as a as a musician himself and as mm. a drummer mm. that he wasn't so much associated with all these big artists by that point yeah, in time. Yeah. He'd already made his name. So for me, the only thing I knew of him really is I knew 
he was the brother and I knew that he was a drummer mm. and I just saw him as this dude with this really seedy mo. And exactly. I just, and I went, oh, yeah, yeah. that guy's... Well, that's the thing. Was because, like, I watched heaps of Spinal Tap, mm. you know, and you just kind of... Like that, that that look has to has to have been modelled from Carmine, right? Yeah. Surely, yeah. like I'm not, I'm never gonna <laughs> ask him. Surely, like I don't want to start that conversation, but it's it's it had to have been yeah. that, you know. Um, and plus, when I was a kid, you know, I was I was in the, in knee deep, it was freaking neck deep in into into metal, and then hearing Carmine co-wrote and played with Rod Stewart, it's like nah. Yeah, I, I don't care yeah, about this yeah. guy, you know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but yeah. then, but then he played. He didn't play on Bark of the Moon, but he played. He he, he, he did, did that tour. tour. Yeah, and I've yeah. checked out some of the um the live footage, and it's it's freaking yeah. it's phenomenal. Like his playing is just unbelievable. I just remember going back and looking into like who he is and what he's done, and then yeah, like from Bonham to to Neil Peart to pretty much every. Top tier rock and metal drummer. Side him as an influence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a real drummer's I drummer, go, I guess. Yeah. I go really, and I mean, I, I've never played drums, so mm. I've never sort of gone down that path of seeing who the big guns are in that mm. in that domain. So it's insane, and and then he he put together this like instructional book in like the early seventies, and he like which no one had really done in a no. rock context before. Yeah, exactly. and he just said like he went into like a into a music store and was reading the ones that were there and they were just shit. And he goes, Oh, I could do a better one. So like, you know, a few months later he had one, he published it and he said, and he was lucky because he signed this really, what he thought was a crap deal Hmm. where he didn't get an advance or it was like a tiny, like a few hundred bucks. Um, but he owned the copyright and he didn't get it. He didn't understand what that was. Okay. It is what it is. And now like he said something like he's earned over a million from that, from that book and he keeps revising it every few years yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Just like now it's called like, I don't know. So it was like the, the ultimate blah, blah. Now it's like the very ultimate or something. You just keep you keep adding another adjective to the start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But, um, yeah. It's, oh man, it's insane. Like, um, and then like with this tour that's coming up and the way that these podcasts will go is I've got come on hopefully this week. Yep. I'll have Vinny next week and then I'll have you oh, cool. the week after. So hey, we'll have, have him in uh, in in sequence there, but um, yeah, Doug from Hardline contacted me and Tim from our band and said, "Would you guys be keen?" And I I just went back and said, "Yes." Just didn't even think I didn't even know what the songs were, whether I could play them or not. But yes, I'll worry about the rest <laughs> later. And then um, and then he sent the set list through, and then Tim was looking at the set list, and then he had a couple of other things that uh, going around that time. Yeah, right. And he was sort of umming and ahhing. He hadn't actually made a decision. And I thought. Uh, I'm just going to send Mike a text and just go, hey, heads up, just in case this happens. Actually, speaking of plugging things, I'll just yeah. cut you off for a second. Do it. I actually got Vinny to play on my last EP mm. called Mainly Songs About Robots. So I'll I'll continue with that story after. after all right, all right. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. And so I – there's two reasons for contacting you. One was, yes, because you'd just done this thing with Vinny and I thought it's weird that, like, they're – approaching other people like i thought that oh hey we've already got the guitarist and we're looking for a bass player now so i thought oh, i better give you a heads up in case you either didn't know or you mm. tried and got put knocked back or whatever mm. um and the other thing was that we did the dio show however many years ago it was like the last after time. ronnie died in 2010 i reckon it was yeah 2011 that's the last time i was here as well yeah that's right it's yeah. crazy so um i thought oh this is perfect because there's a heap of dio songs in there and um, I thought, oh, well, that's going to make life so much easier because we've had a bit of experience playing some of these songs. 
and um, it's kind of cool just to sort of bridge yeah. the gap and, yeah. and, and do the circle again. So, um, and so I ended up working out really well. I mean, it still would have been good if Tim was playing, but um, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm certainly, uh, certainly happy that it sort of worked out the way it had. So, um, and on the topic of your EP, I, I did ask Vinny about it. Hmm. And I was like, gosh, how did it happen? It's like, and he mentioned like you uh, made contact with him and he goes, oh, I don't normally do like everyone's stuff, blah, blah, but I really digged it. And he goes, it's not sort of metal, but it's like just really sort of really hard sort of rock sort of stuff and mm-hmm. really loved it. And he's got his own like studio set up in his house yeah, and everything. Right, so yeah. it seemed really cool. But mm. was it, was it a hard thing to sort of go backwards and forwards with location and. Um, no, I just think, um, yeah. So, so how that all happened was that I, I was, I had this idea for a song, which I was thinking, wow, that's a, that's a really cool groove. And then I realized that it was how he used to start his drum solo, this, this groove that he, that was already a song. Uh, back on an old record that he played on in the early '80s, I was like, I can't, I can't use that. I just, I don't know. It's one of those grooves that I just stored away in my brain. I haven't, I haven't heard it for years, so I somehow tricked myself into thinking that I'd come up with it. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> um, and so I just thought, man, wouldn't it be great to get you know someone cool like Vinnie Apsey to play on some songs, you know? But get them, you know, in, in the case of Vinnie, like it would have just would have been. Uh, he's such a groove-oriented drummer, you know. It would have always just thought it'd be cool to hear him play on something that's not necessarily in that Dio mould of metal, you know, mm. something that's still rocking but not not necessarily down that path. So I contacted him and he, I sent him some of my older stuff and he was like, yeah, it sounds great. Um, so we just worked it out and he um, he recorded all of us in his studio at home um, and it, it, turned out, it turned out great. Like I think, um, again, in hindsight, maybe it, maybe it would have been super cool if I've, if I had have had the opportunity to to be in the room with him playing the tunes, mm. so we could sort of vibe off each other, yeah. you know, because he's an older school guy. I don't yeah. mean that in any disrespectful way, but he's kind of I guess he's in his late fifties or something, mid fifties. The or music something. sort of lends to that as well. Like yeah, okay. Those yeah, songs yeah. sort of have got that old yeah. school jam yeah, yeah. vibe to them anyway. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So it was kind of like um, it would have been cool to to do it in in that environment, like the way they used to make albums mm. but because we're over the other side of the world here um i had to send him demos um of the songs and um and then he'd play to those demos and then send the files back um so it was it had to be to a click track for yeah. example yeah. and uh, i don't know how, how like obviously none of those old Dio albums are to click tracks mm. you know it's just the sound of a band so I think it I think it worked well considering how you know my idea of having it you know having having it in a band kind of environment even though it was over the internet I think it, I think it came out okay you know but um it'd be good to do something else I wish it was in town for longer you know so I could hire you know hire a studio and actually go and play you know get him for a couple of days to get him to play on some more songs but I just don't think it's going to happen um, so yeah, so then, um, that, uh, that happened and then cut to a year later, I saw that they had announced that they were bringing their drum wars show to Australia. So I immediately just sent him an email and said, if you need a guitar player or a singer or both or a bass player, cause that's one of the first things he said to me was like, who's played bass on this? This is, this is some great yeah, bass yeah, playing. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's just me, you know, I, 
I don't really, I've never really played bass outside of a studio yep. environment, you know what I mean? So, so then I started thinking, oh, maybe this is like, you know, I could make my debut stage playing, playing bass, you know, <laughs> the debut stage performance playing bass. But, um, um, I said, yeah, so if you need any of those three things, then, um, then just keep you, keep you in mind. And so he wrote back and said, yeah, freaking awesome. I'll, um, I'll, I'm not sure what's happening yet, mm. but, um, I'll find out. Yeah. And then like, it like, must've been like a day or two after, after that, you got oh, in cool. contact and was okay. like, you should totally get on board with this. Yeah. And so then, it, and then it all just seemed to work out from there. That's cool. Like, mm. um, it's weird how, how things pan out. And, um, I mean, for me, it's like so cool. Like even you mentioned before, like memories of buying albums and whatnot for and discovering like Dio and Sabbath and all that sort of stuff. And same sort of thing for me. And like just buying like, you know, Masks in Line or um, Sacred Heart especially. Yeah, Sacred yeah. Heart was the first one, like Hungry for Heaven and mm. Rock and Roll Children and all that sort of stuff. That was like what I discovered. And the king of rock and roll was the first song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, what a great thing. Yeah. And um, it's so for me, I have this sort of, it's weird, like it's this surreal sort of thing hasn't even sunk in. But mm. I think for you it would be even cooler because you've you've got that, but then you also already had a taste of where you've been able to, create original music. Yeah, yeah, totally. Something that you've you've come up with yourself and then you've been able to get him to be able to be a part of your creation and now yeah. that's on a, as you said, like it's over the internet, you've got to send files backwards and forwards, you're not in a, in a live sense mm. and now you, it's not quite the same but at least you get that sort of full circle where you get to play with him now playing the songs that he was a part of as well. Yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. so cool. Super, yeah, super exciting. And it's the same thing as it's kind of quite a surreal thought still um and it's kind of nervous um what n- nervous about yeah just like, year, yeah yeah just, just because like you know it's not very often that you get to work i mean once i'm in that environment i'm sure it's fine i'm yeah. just trying not to think about it learn the songs just just um just do that like it's not like i don't feel like i'm up for it it's just the fact that i'm just gonna be i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna start to start to just fan fanboy out on him or something i don't know well, it's, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because they've got the, like, the four dates of the two clinics and the two shows, but mm. we all get together the day Valentine's before. Day. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we've got, like, a full day of playing together. Like, mm. so, which for me, I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, they're not going to just do, like, an afternoon rehearsal, like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, totally. that day or whatever and just hope that it all falls into place. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> what have I done? And here's these two guys that have pretty much just been top tier drummers, yeah, like, and they've just yeah. played with everyone. They've played the biggest shows around. They've mm. they they know and they've played with some of the biggest artists of all time. Well, Vinny was on a freaking John Lennon album. <laughs> yeah, well, I asked him about that as well, and that was random. He just like they happened to be in the same, same studio. studio or something yeah, like that, yeah. and just went. so that was really cool hearing him say that. Mm. But um, like cream of the crop and mm. and I'm like and I'm going to be in there mm. like all right okay cool I'm just winging it and I've always my approach with everything is I'll just I'll just give it a shot and I usually I'm lucky that I can just fly under the radar and get away with it mm. I've never seen myself as like a as like a musician in the sense that you know of a high caliber or anything like that I've just been able to 
just get up and play mm. and get through it. And mm. so I've always seen myself as that, like I just get away with it. I fly under the radar. No one notices. And now it's like, oh, okay. All right. I better make sure I've got some chops ready to go because uh, it's going to be um Well, I think you're going to give daunting. yourself more credit, man, because I remember doing those Dio, was it at the Dio show that we did? I remember we we rehearsed only like like for six hours before mm. that show or something like that. And um, I remember the first song that we played together was um, Stand Up and Shout. It oh, was yeah. the first yeah. one that we did. And straight away with those those like four accents or whatever, it's the yeah. start. It's like you've just nailed that sound. Like you've, you've totally got that essence of what Jimmy Bain did on yeah. those early albums. Yeah. And it's like it was um, it was true to, to that style of music, but you also have got – you've definitely got your own thing going on. And I think because you're – because you're you, you don't really see what, the, what, yeah. you, what you really got going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think most people sort of go through a similar thing. Yeah, probably. I, well, I do appreciate it, but, um, yeah, fuck. I just, I think, um, and, and look, I don't, I think for me, it doesn't help that I play with people like Mark and Tim, mm. who, at least from my point of view, like I used to, I, pl- I played guitar before I played bass mm. and I played guitar really shit. And then, could never find a band because everyone wanted to be a guitar player yeah. and everyone was looking for a bass player. So I thought, stuff it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to play bass. Fuck it. Just so I want I just want to play in a band more than I want to be a guitarist. Mm. And then it's just always been in the back of my head that it's just like, oh, I'm just here to be in the band. Like, mm. and just, it's just gone from there. But, yeah, um, right, right. but uh, that, that show with, um, that we did, cause we had, um, we had Peter. Yeah. Pete Marin. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Man. The other day, actually the other day, like about a month or so ago, cause I've, I didn't realize I had him on Instagram and I'm flicking through my feed and he's like, Oh yeah, just playing like Amsterdam. Mm. And I see this like photo and he's playing like in a freaking arena with like 10,000 people. And I'm like, what's he doing? He's playing for this passenger bit. He was incredible. And Mm. I had no idea. Yeah. Right. I knew that he like when I'd never met him before that, that that time. Mm. And I knew that he'd done a lot of session work and done with, I think he did like an, was it an Abbott? Yeah, tribute? he was in Bjorn again for a Bjorn while. Bjorn again, yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, obviously like a well-seasoned drummer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, I just, I don't know, I'm always oblivious. I'm blonde, so I just sort of go, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's nice. And, um, and yeah, it's only been recently in the last couple of years that I've just things would pop up every once in a while. I go, oh, oh fuck, jeez, he's actually, yeah, yeah. Oh, he does like serious stuff. He, he's yeah, actually yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah He's he's done all sorts of different um, different styles of music and different things, and um, I was in a band called Template with him um, in the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we we actually went to school together, and he uh, he and I actually, funnily enough, I got him into the Dio stuff as well back in high school, and it was like it was kind of not really what he was into you know like the uh, he was he, he was into the metal stuff for a while and i kind of tried to push him into it probably looking back but um you know he's 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 more into um i don't know well at the time he's sort of into the, the radiohead stuff and and um he's done a lot of plays with dan Sultan, another kind of folk, yeah. folk kind of artist in australia and yeah it yeah, just seems a phenomenal like- player and just really um really tasteful sort of very much plays to the song and he seems versatile, like just mm. incredibly. Like even when we we got together, and as you said before, like just kicking into like the first song, the first few songs, and there's a couple of times where he he sort of had to stop and and just work it out in his head. But mm. 
you just smashed it. Yeah, and yeah. for a guy that, I mean, he even said, he goes, yeah, I know some of the songs and whatever, and he knew a bit of it mm. and, and liked it, but there's some stuff that he just didn't quite know. Yeah, yeah. And he picked it up so quickly and just like solid as. Like, yeah, It's yeah, incredible. Totally. And I mm. go, and for me, like, you know, I see myself the way that I do and I sort of go, oh, now that's a, that's a fucking musician. That's, that's a guy yeah, right, that's right. just, that's someone who's professional and, and understands yeah, what needs to be done. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, he always gets the job done, definitely. Yeah. I've all, yeah. It's like, in all honesty, I just want him to play something heavier. <laughs> just something like, because he's just got these amazing chops. He's playing with Passenger, which was, mm. was great, obviously, cool music. But it's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty sparse. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, I just want, I kind of want the world to hear what, what he's, he's actually capable, capable of. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he played on some Toe Hider. Um, some of those when I did those twelve EPs in twelve months, he's playing on some of those songs as well. Yeah, and um, that was the last time. You know, that was like two thousand and ten or whatever. And I, that was kind of the last time I heard him play some real you know, sort of beefy out stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 So maybe one day we'll try and get something happening for when he, he, he comes back from that tour. I think he's come to the show. Oh, is he? To, to okay. This, to this, yeah. He said he's going to try and get down. I think what? he's back in back in um, Australia for it. That tour that he's on. I mean, I don't know how long it's been going for because I've been back. From Europe, oh, probably six weeks, six yep. or seven weeks, and he was already at least for half the time. I was I was away for oh, he was away for a month in Europe, and for the majority of Europe, I was watching him go around. And he was always either a city ahead of me or behind me. And he was oh, yeah. sort of, and I'm going, oh, I wonder if any of these dates match up, and none of them did. Mm. But um, it just seemed like this just never ending thing where he's just constantly playing. It's just incredible. Yeah, right. Fuck. Oh, yeah. And then just each each night, it's like, oh, just playing here tonight. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know how many people are there. 10,000, 12. Yeah, okay. No worries. That's cool. Um, all right, segue. Mm. Europe. Mm. You played there. I have. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was there a year, <laughs> just over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, um, that all came about via, I think it was 2013. I was on the, um, the Arion album. Thank you. Called, I was um, hoping you'd pronounce it instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, um, that's all right. I think it happens a lot. Um, I wasn't sure myself when I because I'd, I'd read, you know, because um, he's been releasing stuff since the late 90s. Yeah, I think. yeah, a long time. Um, and I'd always seen the name, you know, mm. and it's always like because I think the, the whole kind of rock opera thing was huge in the early 2000s, or it seemed to be to yeah. me, on my radar, you mm. know. Um, and I'd always seen that um, that name, but I was never really sure how to pronounce it. And coupled with the fact that his name is Aryan, right? So, yeah, right. So, the, okay. so the name of the project is Arion, but his name is Aryan. Some some people call him Arjun. It was A R J E N, Aryan Lucasen. Um, yeah. So he read a Tohada review in a Dutch magazine, I think, um, and asked me to be on that album. Um, and then. He he um, he wrote an album called the 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 Human Equation, which was um, which I think was like mid two thousands, and it had um, see another name I'd never was nervous, um, Mikhail Ackerfeld. Oh, Mikhail, okay, Mikhail, yeah, Michael yeah. Ackerfeld. From, I was going, um, yeah, Michael <laughs> <laughs> from from Opeth. <laughs> uh, apparently, Ackerfeld isn't the correct. Um, pronunciation. So if any Swedish fans, listeners, yeah. they'll be able to help us out on that. Um, 
Um, so he was on it. Devin Townsend was on it. And James Labrie. Um, Heather Finley from Mostly Autumn. Uh, what else bad. am I forgetting? Yeah, so these, these great, amazing singers. Um, they, um, yeah, so so there was, a, uh, I guess, a, a small production, theatre theater production company or something in um, in the Netherlands wanted to uh, put on a stage show based on the album and they'd been working on it for a few years with the idea of getting um, just, you know, local Dutch yep. guys and, and girls to, to sing on it. But I think um, they somehow, con- well, they, they contacted James Labrie just on the off chance that he'd maybe be interested in doing it and he said, yeah, hell yeah, like, mm. it sounds great. So once he was on board, they were like, well, let's just try and contact everyone else. You, that was on you, the album. you got a big fish, so it should, <laughs> should be enough to just dangle the yeah, bait for everyone yeah, exactly. else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I guess that's how it, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that's how it happened. And so they were able to get everybody except Michael and Devin Townsend. Yep. Everyone else was an, an original cast member, if you will. Um and so Ian contacted me and said, would I do the, um, you know, fill the, fill the, fill the part that, that Devin Townsend sings on the album, which is rage because the, the album is kind of like the, you know, the, the, the five of the singers are portraying this one man's emotions. Yeah. Um, and Mike Baker um, was a singer for a band called Shadow Gallery mm-hmm. who played the part of the father. Now, he unfortunately passed away, I think, uh, maybe five years ago or something. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how long ago it was. So they merged both characters into one part and said, would you be interested in doing that? And I was, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I don't sound anything like Devin Townsend. I, I don't really have much resemblance in what he does other than you know, having a bit of humour element in my music and, you know, it's lots of light, lot of vocal layers, but I, yep. I don't do the harsh vocal thing and you know, it's pre- pretty different. Um, so, but I was like, why would I turn down this kind of opportunity to work with, like, because, again, James LeBree is another one of those yeah. guys like Vinnie Appice here. Like I grew yeah. up listening to Dream Theatre, just, you know, worshipping the, the guy. Um, and, and... So I was like, well, I can't say no to this. And I remember actually writing the email saying, sounds good. I just got to work out a few things because I just kind of wanted to give myself some time to think about it. And because, you know, emailing from Europe, it was like three or four in the morning here. I just mm. got home from a gig or whatever. And I was thought, oh, maybe I'll just sleep on it and see if I want to do it. But I just couldn't sleep and I just emailed it back straight away again and said, you know what, no, just screw it. I'll, I'll, work, I'll work it out and I'll, I'll, I'll be there kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, no turning back now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they sent sent through the understudies. Basically, they they found maybe the people that they were originally intending to to be part of the show. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, they filmed the entire show, um, so they could send it to all of us guys and oh, and, okay. and learn the parts, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, but it was really hard to. It's really hard to tell what was going on because it was just a single shot, and they were they were sort of singing along to the album. They didn't they weren't rehearsing with the band at that point. Um, so the rehearsals lasted a week. I flew over there. I did a a, a small Toe Hider tour 
with the beards, like, you, mm. know, you know, those guys, yeah. um, with um, Ricky and Sampo, this uh, Ricky Evensand was the original guy that I had playing in the Toe Hard Alive band yeah. here, but he moved back to Sweden, no, three or four years ago now. Um, so we, we spent some time rehearsing in Stockholm and then we eventually made it down to um, Holland. And then I, and that's basically where, where the Toe Hider tour finished and I started rehearsals for, for the theatre equation. Um, and I walked in and straight away James the Bridge is sitting there and I just, and it was, the, it was the element of what I was saying before. It was like it was this thing was going on through my head of like, you know, what am I going to be like? Am I just going to be like, oh, my God, you're James LaBrie, this is amazing. But um, <laughs> um, but it was just straight away. It was just like we just got a job to do. You know, we're here to to get shit done. Hey, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like, hey, my name's Mike. I play the part of Rage. And he's like, hey, man, great. And as it turns out, he was like one of the most most humble people in the entire cast. Yeah. He was just... He was just there. He knew he wanted to do a good job. He, um, uh, it was kind of like, you know, he was so focused and such an inspiration because we all stayed in this massive house, <laughs> like the pretty much the whole cast. Who, really? The people that weren't Dutch were, were, um, were staying in this place. Um, and so there were certain people who just thought, hey, you know, let's, let's just party all night kind of thing. And, you know, we, we're here. We're, because you know how people sort of get when they're when they're around when they're if they're, particularly if they're super sociable people they they just kind of lose track of time and then but yeah, you know, it's like yeah. oh man it's five a.m. we got to be up for rehearsals at eight you know this is this is, this is chaos so I would always just plus because I'm quite a shy kind of person um, I would always get back to the house and just beeline straight to my room and just <laughs> just disappear yeah, yeah and just kind of just go through the script and and try to um, go over things in my head and. I got up to go to the bathroom one night. It was about, a, I don't know, it was more like midnight or something. There was a couple of levels to the house. So you could hear people partying upstairs. And James was just on the ground doing exactly what I was doing, right. just like studying intently, just just making sure he had everything. But his workload was like five times any of us, like because yeah. he's the main character obviously yeah. and he's just just got so much to remember. And we're all told that... Um, uh, you know, although it's a theatre show, you guys are all come from a from a band background, so we're not going to be expecting you to have any theatre chops. You know, you know, we're not wanting you to dance or anything like that. Yeah. But even so, it was just so much to remember of where our stage entry was going to be, where we exit, because that was important for our next entry. All this stuff had to stand this particular spot for the lighting and, and for, yeah, for the, visually yeah. for everything to work. So there's a lot to remember. Um, and so right up, <laughs> I don't know how much I should reveal. I don't, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so right up to the, um, right up to the opening night, it was like, there was a few guys in the cast were like this close to being fired and just getting the understudies <laughs> in to play their parts because they just couldn't get it together. Um, but thankfully that didn't happen. Um, and yeah, the shows went great. Like it, it got every night just kind of, we, we all got more confident than the mm. previous night. And, um, how many shows was it? Four. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, just packed houses every night, planned at three consecutive three nights. Yeah. So yep. we did, um, we did two shows on a, on a, some, on the Saturday, I think we did like an afternoon show, like oh, a matinee show. Hey. Yeah. Very theater. Yeah. Um, 
oh man, the band was just killer. There was a there was a full choir on stage. I had to have this wig glued to my head every night. So every time when I go to sleep, the pillow would get stuck to my head and <laughs> they're just wearing all these, yeah, all these costumes and stuff. It, was, it, was, it really gave me a taste for it. It's like, man, why, why didn't I get into this stuff earlier when I was a bit younger? You know. Anyway, um, so those shows were, I thought, were great, you know, and they filmed it and then it turned, as it turned out, the, the, the footage didn't actually come out very good. Um, for whatever reason, I don't I actually know, really don't really know the reason why. I just don't think they were very prepared. They would maybe just brought in at the last minute or something. Mm. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, and then so I was kind of feeling pretty good about it, and then um, I um I started reading reviews when the DVD came out, and um, <laughs> it's just like, you know, like they're all in you know German oh, yeah, Dutch and stuff, yeah. and I and I'd read oh. through it and just sort of see my name, so I'd hit translate. And go, oh, this is going to be good, and they're like, you know. The lowest, the, the the worst part of the show was Mike Mills trying to do this. Devin Townsend says, "Oh man, what? Okay, well that's all right. That's just one review." So I read another one, and it was like, "Nah, this this Mike guy's just not sitting with me. What he was doing just wasn't really, just wasn't suitable for what Devin did on the albums." Like, man, okay, well, just, just can't read these reviews. <laughs> I just can't put myself through. How hard is that? I mean, you you pretty much didn't have a hope in hell anyway because everyone's going there with the expectation of having Devin. Yeah, there. Yeah, Even yeah. though they they know he's, he's not going to physically be there, they're mm-hmm. expecting it's pretty much going to be. Yeah, so exactly straight away they're like, all right, because anything I'm less, like only one of two people, and the other the other person that couldn't be there was Michael Ackerfeld, and he was replaced yeah, by yep. Annika Van Giersbergen, who yep. already has this massive. Yeah, um, she's she's already well established, mm-hmm. and you know, so I was only the only like no name guy in the whole cast. You know, um, yeah, so there was already this kind of weird expectation. Um, uh, and they're brutal as well, especially the Germans. Sorry, yeah. so, sorry for people that are German. But <laughs> well, like, I just, just think people are so think, blunt. Just, yeah, yeah, well, I think Devon Townsend fans are really hardcore fans. Yeah. You know, like, they're just really passionate about what he does. And um, for many people, that album, like his his work defined that album. Like mm. it was just like such a, a massive part of that, that record. So, But I just couldn't. I couldn't even impersonate him even if I wanted to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because it's so stylistic and what he does is so unique. But like, I just had to go in and do it the way that I normally would approach things. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. But um, for, for, for one reason or another, I've been asked to be a part of the next one, which I'm feeling way better about because I'm going to be singing songs that I was on, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like it's a bit, it's a bit, bit uh, big difference, easier there. stress, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's yeah. funny because when um, just I think either you were tagged in something or because I, I hadn't liked the pages, but it showed up in the news feed on Facebook, and he was announcing like each singer or something that's on the next album, and he did like something that's like, oh, I guess who the, this person is, and it was like a soundbite of mm. you singing. Mm. And reading through the comments, and it was like a, it was a couple hundred comments or whatever, and mm. everyone's like, "Oh, it's got to be Mike, got to be Mike." Yeah, and yeah. mind you, there was a big Aussie bandwagon that all jumped in, going, "That was it, yeah, Mike's a legend, yeah, yeah." But there was heaps of people on there that were just going, "Oh man, that's definitely Mike Mills. That's Mike mm. Mills." Mm. So I thought, "Oh shit, you know, obviously doing good things." Yeah, so, well, I think yeah, that was doing doing the last two Arian albums. I guess people. 
and 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 Arjen is a total sweetheart, and he's always super vocal about being a fan of what I'm doing. Mm. And I think somebody asked him what was he, what was his favorite album of 2014 was, and he said it was the the Toe album that I released. Then, what kind of creature am I? So it's like he's always he's he's just been super into what I'm doing. I think it's because he's a huge Queen fan, and he kind of yeah. fe- feels that that influence there. Um. That's cool. Though. Yes, That's yes. Insane. So yeah, so the new album hopefully gets released early-ish next year. Um, Have you done anything with it yet? Yeah. No, so I've, I've, I've um, they, I've... They, they, what he put up online hmm. was that the final. Is that after you've already done your stuff? Yeah. So that was yeah. um, that was some of it. Okay. Um, that was just like little snippets here and there, but that was still in demo mode. Like he was, I think that was all still drum machine and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But um, for the theory of everything, which is the 2013 album, um, he wrote all of my all of the parts that he wanted me to sing. But this time around, he's asked me to come up with my own stuff throughout the album, to in varying ways. Like sometimes he would just throw a chord progression at me and just say, "Just do something here." Here's a here's a basic idea of what I want the lyrics to be. Um, and then other times it would just be, uh. No chords, just just like the sounds of machines and stuff, you know, because my character's a robot on the, okay. um, on, the <laughs> on the uh, the album. That ties in quite good with uh, your last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and the character's <laughs> name is the TH One, which stands for <laughs> Toe Hider One. You know. That's so <laughs> which is cool. pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. So I think, without, without giving too much away, I think that my character is going to be incorporated into the the show in September because the, the next show in September is, isn't going to be based off one single album. Right. It's a new story featuring the music of, um, of, of all of his work. Previous stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. so you don't have to, you can just say, no, nah, I can't tell you, mm. but, <laughs> but when he comes to you and says, all right, well, I want you to write something. From a from a music business point of view, does that equate to you now have a song credit, songwriting oh, credit, or what's the what's the go with that? Yeah, I w- yeah, I will have credits on the yeah. album for the parts that I've written. That's yeah, cool. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was that was really important to him. Um, he's very much a guy that gives credit when credit's yeah. due. So yeah, it's really that's... cool. It's really nice that he's um he's have he's he's got a lot of faith in what I do as well, which is great. Um, and obviously mm. it's like put a, a spotlight on Toe Hider. Oh, yeah. No doubt you've had yeah, man. so it's many like people. I think 90% of, of the the fan base and album sales, everything was generated from this Arion thing. Yeah, right. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's just um, I guess it just goes to show you just right place and right time and mm. you do your own. Like I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I've I've been doing like the Lord thing for I don't know, be eleven yeah eleven years, and mm. um, especially earlier on the piece where I hadn't had a lot of band experience and I was sort of learning as I as I went, and I was lucky because I came into something that was semi-established, and Tim was already writing and mm. he had a reputation, so I sort of just rode the coattails, and I still am. Mm. But um, early on, I was very green, and I would always be trying to get. Like I'd be always hustling other people to try and get an opportunity, which yep. 
I still believe in doing it, but I was always worried about trying to tell someone about what I was doing. Yep. And, oh, man, yeah. And after a while, when you talk to someone, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then you sort of realize, oh, that person gets that same pitch or that same uh, request hmm. every day or every, every week or whatever hmm. it might be. And why am I any different to every other Dude, loser ex- that exactly. goes Exactly. Yeah, like I, the, the amount of people that have contacted me, singers, hmm. saying, hmm. um, like I'm a, I'm a, a massive fan of what you do. I've mm. sent um, I've sent demos and stuff to Aryan because that's my dream to yeah. be on an Arion album. Yeah. And I'd never sent him anything. Like I I, I listen to the Human Equation and yeah. I think um, I, I I listen to to most of his stuff in in uh, in some way or another. And I and I I remember thinking not but not exclusive to Arion, but I, I do remember thinking like a similar thing with the. Dio guitar player, I remember thinking, oh, it'd be cool to be a part of something like mm. that, to be a mm. part of one of these um, European metal operas. Um, and then, like, yeah, and then checking out these these guys that contacted me, like they've, like, posted videos and, and demos and stuff on YouTube and online, and these guys have got monster, amazing voice in it, and it's the same thing. It's like, what, what sets me apart from these guys? Like, it, it's just got to be... It's just got to be luck. I don't know what else it would be. It's luck, but what I reckon it is also is that you do your own thing and you're not out there. I think it's good to have an element where you're sort of out there and making sure that people know who you are, but most of the time you build a reputation by just being really good at doing what you do and not worrying about so much trying to impress everybody. And mm. so I, I spent so long trying to impress everybody about what I do, what we do, and then realising, oh, well, what makes me different to every other person, especially when it yeah. comes to Europe as well. Yeah, like yeah, needle totally. in a haystack over there. We have any power metal or heavy sure. metal bands are over there. And um, and then I sort of relaxed a bit and went, you know what, just do what we do. Just mm. just keep keep plowing through, write good music, release it to uh, do what we do. And, yeah, network's important, but um, not putting so much pressure on just annoying fuck out of yeah, people yeah, yeah. to get them totally. to listen to who you are. Because after a while, and this is the example that you've got now, is that somebody has discovered your music for you doing what you do. Mm. Mm. And because of that, you've it's luck, but you put yourself in that opportunity by just working hard at just doing the toe hide. Yeah, it? yeah, totally. So it's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, like I was never, never any good with the trying to contact people and yeah. saying, like, cause every time I did it, like the few times that I did it, they get no response. Or I remember, um, I'm, I do remember actually sending one thing to, um, to a guy. I think he was releasing things under the name frame shift and he had Sebastian Bach on one of his yeah, records okay. and stuff. Right. And he did this call out for, um, for a singer for the next thing. And, and I remember sending him, uh, something that I'd sung on. And um, he basically wrote back and just tore it to pieces saying, I'm just not, not really, you know, just good. you got, I'm just not into your voice. I just think it's horrible. And even when I started doing the toe hider thing. What an asshole. I would send the toe, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I'd send, I remember do, finishing the first toe hider EP yeah. um, and sending it out to a bunch of labels and it was always pretty much the same response. Like this is just too weird. Like they see this thing with the massive toe Sorry. for a head and like they're like, we can't sell this. What are you, crazy kind of thing? So I just gave up and I was like, well, I'm just going to keep, it's the same thing. I'm yeah. just, I'm just going to keep doing this and um, 
you know, if people don't like it, fuck them. <laughs> like if people like it, then that's great. You know? That's it. And the um, thing is it starts off as weird because no one's used to it. They've never seen it before. And then you start focusing on your little circle of people and that circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually the people that you want to pay attention will see, oh, actually people actually care about this. Now mm. I want to be a part of it because there's some some noise around it or whatever. Exactly. People – I'm going to choose my words carefully here, but I think people <laughs> need to – well, not everyone, but a lot of people need to be told what's good. I yeah, think it's, yeah. and it's, and I think that's that's the, that's exactly what's happened with me with Ian is that people, it's like you'd be surprised about how many people all of a sudden were like, oh yeah, Toad, I've been following that guy for years in Australia. It's like, well, I've never seen you at a show. Like, I've never, I've, I've never seen a post of you on, on any see, social media. I see who orders every CD. I don't see <laughs> yeah. your name against exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love that guy. I've been following him for ages. Oh, it's frustrating. And then you just sort of go, but it is what it is. You know. You go. Oh, well, at least they're following me now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's it's crazy how how that works. I mean, we 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 always tried to pitch to European labels and. They always had trouble with trying to pigeonhole us because we would have like an album with music and then we'd have like this, you know, really stupid song in there that's got like sort of tongue-in-cheek lyrics and we've got this, you know, sort of melodic death metal song and something with black metal guitars. Then we've got mm. this epic sort of Conan-style Viking sort of thing mm. and, and then like an old-school traditional power metal song. And so they'd listen to it and go... I don't know where to pigeonhole that. And we just go, just, just, just call it metal. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Now like, eh, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, <laughs> so we'd always get the response back saying, Oh, it's just not what we're looking for. Or a couple of labels actually came back and said that they had difficulty trying to put us in some sort of genre or yeah. niche genre. Yeah. Um, but most of them said, Oh, it's not what we're looking for. And at that point in time, you could see the types of bands that were getting signed. It's, it's waves. They're looking for the trends and, it's not like it is here where any, well, there's not really any metal labels anymore for the most part. No, there's a few tiny little independents, but, um, you know, in Europe it's it's like dealing with a Sony or, you know, yeah, yeah. Warner or whatever where yeah. they're, they're more or less major labels and they're looking for what sells and what's popular or what they can make popular. Mm. So we've had times where we, we've sort of pitched something and they go, oh, it's not what we're looking for at the moment. And then the next six months they sign a hundred goth industrial bands that are playing yeah, the worst right, music right. in the world and you yeah. go, oh, but then you realise that well, that's what's selling at the moment. So yeah, they'll yeah. go through that, then they'll drop them all yeah. and they'll look for the next thing and then yeah. Deathcore is being really big so they go through all that and so you have to sort of wait for the next power metal or melodic metal wave and then hope that you can you can jump onto that Associated with that in some respects. That's yeah. it. So we always say to each other, go, just do what we do and, um, you know, always make sure that we're visible and mm. – and we're, we're pretty good with the whole like social media sort of stuff and whoring mm. ourselves out online and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just, just do what we do and not be sort of uh, not letting anything else dictate what we do. And, uh, mm. you know, if the opportunity comes, then, then we can take it and go from there. But we spent too many years, I spent too many years just trying to convince people to like us yeah. and just realising that I was just doing it backwards. Yeah. You know, all these guys that have done so well have become lucky, but it's because they've just, busted their balls initially and that's just got them into a position where they're a little bit more visible and there's mm. more chance of luck. Mm. So. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've completely given up on the idea of of being 
on some sort of label, I think, um, unless they come like running, chasing after me, because it's like, if I feel like, you know, that the, the thing about toe hider is that it's always just been this massive experiment of like, sometimes I don't know how else to put it, but it's kind of like how it's, I, I get this, some sort of sick pleasure out of testing people's patience. Like if I want to write a super heavy song and then write a folk album the next time, then I'll do that because that's what's exciting to me. And that's what I'm listening to. That's where my head's at. And if I want to do it and I'll, I'll do it. And people say, well, you know, maybe you should do it under different side projects names. Or like different, you know, yeah. like different projects. Like, no, you know, that's that's makes about as much sense as living my life in different characters. You know, I'm just, yeah. you know, yeah. I just do what I think is right, and if people like it, then great. And if they don't like it, then great as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's. Um, I mean, when you when you first started doing like the initial stuff and I remember the Toe Hider song mm. coming out and then I have the same reaction as most people going, what the hell is this dude with the toe for a head? And I got no <laughs> idea what's going on. And, um, and I remember the other thing was, and this is where going right back to what you said earlier about dubbing Power Slave yeah. and getting that little skip. Oh yeah. Yeah. At the end of the Toe Hider song where yeah, it just yeah. stops abruptly, yeah. I thought that I'd download a shitty MP3. <laughs> and so I got so frustrated with the song that I stopped listening to it for ages. Like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and I tried yeah. to download it, the same thing. I go, <laughs> oh, it's like corrupt or my computer's shit. And then it wasn't, I reckon it would be at least 12 months later where I came back to it and I, it must have been like on the Ozprog forums. And right. someone had just made a brief mention somewhere as like a side comment. I went, Oh yeah, right. You moron. <laughs> so I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, ah, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I get it now. I get, I get the humor. And then I think you did a really good job with that whole twelve EPs oh, yeah. over twelve months because I think that was you almost. I mean, whether you were doing it intentionally or not, you're almost sort of setting that tone with people to say this is not just one thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a whole range of different things. And each month you had a completely different style or approach or theme. Mm. And so by the end of the 12 months and then you put them on the CDs mm. and release them, people got it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that core loyal little fan base that, that you'd built over that time where they just got it and understood it. So yeah, I think it was easier, at least from my point of view anyway, for you to be able to then go on to the, the albums after yeah. that. Yeah, it was, it's good. Yeah, I think it was was a good idea to do that early on to kind of, like you say, just show people that it's, it's not a band. It's in, in the traditional sense, at least it's kind of like a collaboration between myself and Salty, but also um, it's just like trying out a bunch of stuff because it's like, I listen to so much music and because I work full time as a musician as well. It's just like, it's, it's, it's everything. To me. Um, and there's so many different kinds of things that excite me that I've just, Sometimes I just hear something and I'm like, I really want to try doing something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the perfect vehicle for doing that. It's the best thing that you're controlling it as well. Yeah, so yeah. You, you're you putting it all out there. It's on your terms, your rules. And, yeah, okay, like you, you get the feedback from people that listen to it and whatnot. But in the end, you're ultimately making that decision as to what you put out there. And mm. as you said, if you've got an idea that comes into your head, you don't have to go, well, it doesn't quite fit into what I'm doing. Maybe I'll just, yeah, you know, I don't know, 
hum into a dictaphone <laughs> and just hope that it stays there for the next five years when I come back to it because I'm too busy focused on this project now. Yeah. You can just spit it out and, yeah, yeah. and go from there. Yeah, definitely. Which means that the, the you know, because there's not a lot of people that are that will endure that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but it, it, the benefit is that the, the people that do have the patience to and the, and the, the understanding and the acceptance that, of the acceptance of not really knowing what to expect um, is that they just get really invested in yeah. what I'm doing, which is, which is um, it's interesting. <laughs> it's um, what I've noticed in the last few years is that there's so many more bands that are doing sort of prog rock, but in the sense where they're really sort of doing a whole range of different styles like you've been doing. Um, like even going to Prog Power and playing Prog Power, it's just been insane how eclectic the lineups have been now. Like yeah, years yeah. ago, it was like power metal and prog metal and all that sort of stuff. But mm. now it's been, I mean, we the the night that we played, we had, um, we opened up. Then we had a stream of passion from uh, the Netherlands who was sort of like female fronts. Yeah, yeah. Marcella, Marcella was in the oh, show that I was in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Amazing vocalist. Yeah. Really, really beautiful human being. And then we had Spock's beard. Yeah, right, cool. And then Dragon Force. Oh. And so I just, I remember looking at the lineup going, uh, have they gone mad? Like, yeah, how does right. this work? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were the first band and we all had, um, apart from Dragon Force, had an hour and a half, but we all had our sets. And we went on a five or five thirty or something like that. Mm. And the place was packed straight away. Yep. And I was, I was sort of going, I don't know how, like looking at the other nights, the other nights were pretty mixed up, but ours was really mixed up. And I yeah, was right. just, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but mm. people dug it. And, yeah, cool. and I've, I've been to this particular festival the last two years and talking to people. And these guys are just so, I'm trying to think of a better word, but <laughs> so nerdish about, yeah. about their yeah. music. And I mean that in the best way possible because mm. they just, they know everything about every band, every artist, what they've done, side projects, yeah, everything yeah. like that, and they're so open-minded about their music. There's only a very small percentage of the people that go to this festival anyway that are sort of very much, you know, power metal, or yeah. very much prog, or that's it. These, yeah. these people are so open-minded. And then going back to here and seeing sort of the bands that have done really well over the last couple of years, I mean, mm. that whole prog scene's insane mm-hmm. now. And yeah, yeah. And I think it's just brought so much more awareness where I just think music listeners are so much more open-minded than they probably were even five years ago. Yeah, I think so too. So I think for for what you're doing and what you have done, um, I just think it's going to get better because you more as, as people, it's not so much that the more people will become open-minded. I think the people that are already open-minded will start to discover and go back and look at what's already been released. And mm. I think I think the fans will just increase because – especially like overseas as well. It's just Europe's always been that place that's been very, it's segregated in its niche genres, but I think overall there's been, because there's such a volume of fans over there that you mm. can, you can be so popular playing the most niche style yeah, of yeah. music. There's so that many densely people. populated. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in Europe, there's always that opportunity. You just got to get your name out there. Mm. So I think the problem of, or the perceived problem of having so many different styles of music on mm. an album or a series of releases doesn't matter so much as long as you can find that that group. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. 
But um, yes, I just, I've noticed a lot more in the last few years and especially back home as well. It's just crazy with some of the, because um, Tohide is still on Birds Road. Yeah. 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 So that would have obviously, I would assume has done reasonably well in Australia, just getting you a bit more. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mike Solo is another guy that's almost solely responsible <laughs> for getting the word out because he's yep. so great at it and I'm so not good at it. <laughs> um, and he's just a, you know, he's just one of these amazing guys who, who just works tire- tirelessly promoting this kind of stuff. And I, th- I actually think that he's had a lot to do with the reason why there's such a, I guess, a big progressive scene oh, definitely. here in Australia. Um, and, um, yeah, he's just this, the nicest guy and he just doesn't really seem to have any ulterior motives. Like, you know, when you work with people and they really just want to get their own band, yeah. like, out there more mm. so they so they set stuff up and they just um, everything that they do is is for selfish with their purposes. intentions yeah, yeah for they're, selfish they're purposes yeah yeah but he's just the opposite he just he hears things and he if he likes them he's like I just want people to have the same opportunity that I've had yeah. to hear this you know it's such a such comes from such a great place I've ordered a few things from him over the years <clears throat> and um, I was always amazed with what he would put in these packages. And it was so simple and no one, I mean, we've, if anything, I think he influenced the way that we sort of do our merch and we send things out. Like I would, I can't remember, I must've got the troll hog and CD or something like that. And he had all these, it was nothing fancy. You just had a whole bunch of flyers stacked in there. Mm. And some of it was just like a, it almost was like he'd been at his work printer and printed off a whole bunch of like, colored copies and whatever and just sliced them up and chucked them in there and some were a bit more sort of pro done uh little uh quarter page size flyers but mm. for me like i just i get excited when i see anything that i wasn't expecting in there it could be yeah. it could be just shit in there but i don't don't care it's like oh what's this yeah yeah totally. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it was so cool and i went you know what this is so simple and I'm sure I'm not the only one that would get excited over just extra little things. And then mm. he really sort of influenced the way that I started sending out our merch. And so it got to the point where I put flyers in there, little stupid things, um, little notes for people. Um, and then I did start doing shouts for bands and getting people, you know, I, I know so many bands that have got boxes of CDs that sit there for years and just never sell. They, yeah, yeah. they print 500 copies and they sell a hundred of them. And yep. And then they can't get rid of them. No one wants them. So it's like, well, give me a bunch and then I'll just give them out. So, and we still do it a little bit. It's sort of, I've uh, been a bit lazy with it the last few months, but um, done that for so many bands now. And it's just so cool. And the feedback I got from people going, you know, you've not only sent me what I've like a t-shirt wear, but I've got this free CD and I've discovered this band and I've always made sure there's Australian bands as well. So it's got a bit of a, bit of a homegrown thing and mm-hmm. helping each other out and um, yeah, sure. it was great and I got it all from from him and mm. um, you know we get something out of it because hopefully people will come back and keep ordering stuff because they get little goodies and yeah, things yeah. on top uh, the person who orders the stuff loves it they get to listen to something they get something for free and mm. the band who had the box of CDs collecting dust in their shed have got an opportunity for it to go out somewhere and potentially, you know, win over some more fans. So, yeah, totally. but I'll, I'll, I'll give credit to him. Absolutely. And I just, I kicked up a little bit of a notch after, after the things that he sent in, in the post, but um, he had the right idea. I just mm. thought 
so simple. And I think a lot of, from what I hear other people in the scene that talk about him, especially in those circles, mm. he is just grassroots and seems to be without the fanfare and just is all about hard work. Mm. And compared to a lot of other people, when you said before, where they've got their own agenda and they're trying to build a profile or a name for themselves above everybody else, mm. he just, he does it from such a genuine point of view and just, and it's just old school approach. It just seems to be a really sort of old school way of just hard work. And, and obviously it pays off many yeah, bands yeah. that are doing well right now. I think the majority of them have either have been with his label or have been associated, associated with, him with him or are still himself. on his label. Yeah, and yeah. It's just, he's or he's sort of working behind the scenes outside of his own Burr's Road with them. Yeah, he's, yeah. Just, he's got this empire. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. cool. It's super cool. Yeah. So last segue, because I'm, I'm going to look at the time. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, we managed to talk a little bit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, so Mike was drumming the band. Yeah. So... Are you completely solo at the moment or have you now got some new? I've got, um, okay. So what happened was, um, the, the lineup, Lachlan Barkley, Amy Campbell and Mike Solo and myself, it it had been active since 2013. I think Ricky moved back to Sweden 2013. It's when, um, I initially had the idea of just using, um, like drummers depending on, which city we were playing, you know, yeah. so I worked with Jeff Irish from oh, yeah. who used to play in Killigula's Horse um, for some shows that we did in uh, in Queensland. And I got Mike to play on some shows in Sydney and I had a, a guy named Tom Mann who, was, who played on some Melbourne shows and we did Canberra with Tom as well, I think. Um, and at that point, um, Lachlan was um, busy with family stuff and there was a bunch of shows that he actually couldn't do. So we went out and did it as a three-piece. Um, and then, but sort of that around that time, it was, um, I don't know, people just tend to start to, 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 to need to do stuff that they need to do. And it was getting harder and harder to rehearse. And plus working with Mike, oh, cause, cause Mike was, um, was just killing it on every gig and he's always super instrumental with, with, you know, booking shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it always just made sense to get Mike to play on these shows. Um, but it was like it just next to impossible. He was always super cool about coming down a day early and rehearsing and mm. he, he sort of did everything he could. But it was kind of like because the, you know, maybe it's the material that I'm writing at the moment and um, listening to uh, uh, some of the, some of the songs, I don't know. I don't know. It just sort of feels like I, I want to be in a position where I can rehearse on a weekly basis or at least a semi-weekly basis with some guys um, and really kind of honour the amount of work that I've put into um, into the recording side of things. Uh, it just got it just got hard to rehearse and, and um, there was, you know, people in the band who were sort of gravitating, what's the opposite of gravitating? What is it? Just moving Repelling? further. No, yeah, that, that re- sounds yeah. bad though. <laughs> <laughs> moving further and further away yeah. from playing music anyway. So, um, you know, and just family life and all of the usual kind of things tend to tend to crop up. And plus, you know, there was a point where I didn't really know, you know, as you probably have felt as well, I guess a lot of musicians and artists go through the same thing of like how, you know, I don't know if I can keep doing this because it's, 
because it costs a lot of money to, to keep afloat and it seems like a lot of work for what at honestly at, for, for, for some of the time it feels like for very little reward you know um, so I was really confused for a while I didn't really know what to do but I sort of come to the conclusion that I, I really need to do it not from it's not really for myself anymore because I think there's a lot of people who still want to want to see it mm. and still want to hear these songs performed live you know um, and plus I, I didn't really want to <laughs> I didn't want to just be the the guy that just releases music and doesn't play live. But firstly, because I really enjoy playing live for the most part. Um, but also because I didn't want to seem like I was just copying Arjun <laughs> because he doesn't, <laughs> you know, this is the first time that he's kind of, well, I think there's talk of him pl- performing in this show as well, but generally he he doesn't like to, to play. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've got... Um, I've I've pretty much solidified the, the the next lineup for next year. Um, we're going to start rehearsing in the new year, and um, yeah, so it's all really exciting. I've got these amazing, I met these amazing players. I'll 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 announce them early next year, and um, hopefully we're going to be able to get out and play more often because I think we did like two shows this year. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the plan. The next the next chapter. Yeah, 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 and plus because. Um, when I went over in 2015 to Europe, I had Sampo and Ricky in Sweden. Um, it's kind of cool to keep it a little bit open like that. So I've got an Australian band and European band, which, is, which works really well. Everybody gets along really great. Not everybody's met everyone, obviously, but um, certainly yeah. makes, certainly makes things um, yeah much more cost effective. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that well. definitely. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but um, I'm just I'm, I'm just a real. I'm I'm a total total slut when it comes to musicians. Like I just <laughs> feel like you just learn so much from playing with so many different people. You know, um, that's and I just I'm, I'm really energized mm. by that. Like people used to talk about getting back to Rainbow about how Richie Blackmore was such a control freak and he'd fire members and he'd have a different band on every album. I think that's probably the same factor. It just needs that new blood. You yeah. know, that just sort of sense of re-energisation we have it when we get someone new in the band and like we're all jaded and yeah getting over it and then someone comes in they're like oh this Super is enthusiastic. This is great and you go yeah, yeah. really is it <laughs> and you're like oh maybe it is it's okay no worries yeah, yeah, you, yeah. suddenly you, you get another burst of energy for however long until you know it comes time that someone else wants to move on and then you hmm. you, you go through that change again but um yeah far out i i certainly hear you hmm. i mean it'll um be very interesting to see who the next the next group of toe hiders are toe hiders are <laughs> yeah yeah uh, are they people that are already semi-established but people that would yeah um well um yeah 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 they, they're um they've, they've both been in some pretty pretty cool bands and um they've been around you know cool it seems okay. like the I don't know what it's what the scene's like in Sydney, but well, at least the this, the part of the scene that I'm he, here in Melbourne is that everybody seems to play with everyone at some point, mm. which is cool. So yeah, yeah, exciting times. Hopefully, we'll be able to get out and do some more shows. I've got an, I've, I'm sort of halfway, not halfway, maybe a quarter of the way. I don't know. I don't know how to gauge it, depending on how you think of it. I've I've written the album in my head, but I haven't recorded everything yet. So 
That sounds like, so that hopefully sounds that's like Tim, work. I don't get it. I don't understand how you can retain so much information. All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> He's like, oh, I've written, I've written like uh, four songs. I'm like, oh, cool. Do you want to hear them? And, and he's like, nah, they just stop here. I'll go get them out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah right. I might have a riff and, yeah. I'll, and I'll forget about it like two days later and go, oh, oh well, never mind. <laughs> so, but um, I guess that's what uh, makes makes some of us quite great and other of us, other, others of us are sort of uh, – we come along for the ride, I think. So, well, look, I don't know. Like, it's 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 as much depends on how you look at it. Because mm. I've I really envy you in what you do. The, exactly what you were saying. You just love to get up and just be like what sort of say be along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like you 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 contribute a little bit to the Lord stuff, don't you? Yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. writing stuff. Yeah, but um, it's like. Not like in, in the sense of where Tim has these complete songs. He oh, probably yeah, yeah. obsesses over every single yeah. little thing. And it's like, it's a nightmare. Mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just yeah. like the, it's like being sick almost, yeah. you know. So sometimes I do fantasize actually. And that's actually what's great about being a part of this Aerion thing is because to a certain degree, I can just be the singer and just get bossed around and being told what to do. And <laughs> I love it. And, so, and I, su- I suppose having that sense of balance is good. But um, yeah. It definitely helps, I would assume. I mean, it's not an easy process, but you can do a lot of recording here. So you can mm. get at least, you can track stuff, you can get some ideas out. Mm. Um, so that's probably a big positive. I mean, you're still going to have a lot of it in your head and that's a painstaking long process to be able to try and get half of it out the way that it's, it's, it's in your head. But um, mm. I would assume that, you know, now doing it for a few years where you've really I assume you've gotten used to that process of self-recording and, mm. and having the discipline. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing that I could never do. It's like I'll turn on sonar and, and plug it in to record a riff and then something doesn't work right or it jumps. So I go, fuck it, that's it. Off. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll go somewhere else and, yeah. and find something else to distract me and, and I'll never come <laughs> back to it for six months or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've seen what you've done over the years and – and I compare you with, with Tim because that's the closest I've, I've got as a comparison. Mm. And you guys have the patience. To, and I think because you've got the ideas and you need to get them out, mm. you've, you've given yourself the patience to be able to just mm. start to build them and slowly record and get little pieces out and then go back and rework them and yeah, yeah. scrap things. And Yeah. Well, I think um, I don't know what it's like for Tim, but to, certainly for – Again, getting back to the toe hider thing being more of an experiment, like than anything else. Um, it a lot of that self, like just doing everything yourself, mm-hmm. mentality came from just being sick, getting sick of paying for studio time, and it never sounding anything close to what you th- were hoping it would sound like. Or even, you know, because you with template, I remember going in to a studio and. Uh, we had we had this idea that we wanted it to sort of sound like these Mars Volta and news albums and and um and it just didn't sound anything like it you know it just sounded like and I remember listening to it thinking like we've just sunk God knows how many tens of thousands of dollars on this project and it just sounds like balls <laughs> just like like it makes much more sense to invest even half that amount of money in gear and then just just practice recording like even if you're just recording covers for a while and um, if you've got little song ideas that you have and that's yeah again doing you that just learn as you go basically yeah. yeah 
And then doing that 12 albums thing was a really good push because I announced it and had very little idea of what I was going to do. It was like, I've got to do it because yeah, now I've it. told people I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it. I, I hate that. I hate telling people I'm going to do something. I was yeah. like, I haven't done any, I haven't put any work in yet. Yeah. Now I've got to commit to it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. good though. I mean, it obviously is, um, it worked out and it was for the best though, because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I see the same thing. Like, uh, the things that I actually achieve and I'm proud of are the things that I've actually held myself accountable for. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, that's cool. Well, that was pretty good. Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I'm going to do an intro and an outro, so I'll plug all the stuff. Uh, but your last EP or your latest EP, mm-hmm. mainly songs about robots. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd fuck that up. Um, actually, I did it. I'll give you one before before you leave. I did a um, a little covers EP called Mainly Songs About Robots because we did this gig on the <laughs> – you did the Hell on the Bay thing a couple of years yeah, ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did yeah. that this year. Yeah. So we just released it for that gig and okay. I haven't given it to anyone else. So it's a super exclusive one. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I'll plug everything, but um, thanks for letting me stay at your place again for a little bit. Pleasure. No, no, you're welcome. Anytime. We'll uh, we'll catch up again in February. Yeah. This is going to be awesome, isn't it? Ah, man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. Very cool to catch up with Mike uh, and have a bit of a chinwag and good to do um, a podcast face-to-face. It's been quite some time since I've done one like that. I've been uh, accustomed to the uh, telephone podcast for quite some time just due to location and and schedule and whatnot. But um, I had a great opportunity to stop by his place um, while I'm down here in Melbourne and, and have a chat. So it worked out really good. And I, and I do enjoy the face-to-face um, podcast. Great, great excuse to to catch up and, and have a chat. So I'll definitely be looking to do more of them in the new year. Um, now, a bit of housekeeping very quickly. Drum Wars, the, the Apathy Brothers tour in February. Now, tickets for this are available through hardlinemedia.net. There's also meet and greet packages available. Now, there's four dates. Two of them are drum clinics and two of them are actual shows, which Mike and I will be playing on. Um, The shows are pretty much uh, a showcase of songs from both Carmine and Vinny's uh, careers. So there's going to be, without um, spoiling the set list, there's stuff from Sabbath, Dio, Ozzy, um, Rod Stewart, who else we got, Blue Murder, um, there's a few others. But anyway, it's really cool, like a really good set list. I think um, anyone who's a fan of that era and those bands and those artists or the Apathy Brothers, um, I would strongly recommend you coming out. So very quickly, these dates, uh, Thursday, February 16th in Sydney at the Factory Theatre, which will be the Drone Clinic. The following night, the 17th, will be at the same venue, the Factory Theatre in Sydney, but it will be the Drum Wars show. Following that, the 18th of February, Saturday the 18th, in Melbourne, will be at Max Watts, and that'll be the Drum Wars show. And then on the Sunday, February 19th, at Croxton Band Room in Melbourne, will be the final Drum Clinic. So if you're a big fan, if you're a drummer, 
uh, or a big fan of the Apathy Brothers or a big fan of Dio or any of those fantastic bands that they've been a part of, I would highly recommend um, you attend either a show or a clinic or both or if you want to make a weekend out of it, you can jet up and down the coast and uh, and catch all four dates. We'll be we'll be hanging around, so uh, definitely come up and say hi. I think it'll be a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, so tickets available through hardlinemedia.net. As I said before, meet and greet packages are available and there's also combo deals as well. So if you want to buy the uh, a ticket for the clinic and the show, I believe there's some sort of combo discount available. Um, there's probably some opportunities later down the track to buy some tickets directly from myself, uh, but we'll leave that pending for the time being. But uh, if you can snap up a ticket quickly, hardlinemedia.net is the place to go. Uh, if you want to support Mike, definitely reach out to him on all social media platforms by searching for Toehider, T O. E-H-I-D-E-R, and uh, you can check him out all over YouTube, Facebook, Bandcamp. Definitely go on to Bandcamp and get his latest EP, which is mainly songs about robots featuring Vinny Apice on drums. So it's a nice little uh, uh, link in there with uh, with Vinny. Very cool. Uh, so check all that stuff out and make sure you reach out to Mike. Let him know what you thought of the podcast or his music and send send uh, your love to him. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. What's coming up next? Who knows? Because I'm recording these so far in advance, I've got no idea what's going on. But uh, I hope that will be another fantastic podcast guest next week. If not, just stay tuned and they'll pop up when they pop up. But anyway, take care. Oh, and very quickly before I go, yeah, you thought I'm, it's going to miss it. Uh, if you want to po- support the podcast, and I'm such a whore, I know. Um, and you shop through Amazon, Amazon portal on antisocial.net. You can jump on there and uh, click on the portal link and then shop on Amazon as per normal. Um, but the benefit of doing that is that a small percentage of what you spend will go directly to me to help fund the podcast. So your shopping experience stays exactly the same. You're not spending any more or any less, unfortunately, but you are helping uh, my podcast by using my affiliate link. So it's a, a great way of indirectly supporting the podcast. I only get a very, very, very tiny little bit of uh, money per order. But um, when a lot of you are doing it, which you have been, it definitely adds up and it helps with the monthly costs of hosting and and uh, gear and even getting around a bit every once in a while to chat to people. And the more that I can fund this podcast, the more money I've got to spend to sort of get around and make this podcast bigger and better. So I do thank you for uh, for those people that have been using that portal link, um, you can be really sneaky and, and smart about it and actually only go to antisocial.net once and just save, do a right click on the Amazon portal link and just save uh, the uh, URL and then just uh, save that as a favorite in your toolbar so you don't have to keep going to my website. Although, you know, you could go there often if you want to as well, but, um, you know, I like to cater for everyone. Okay. That's it. I promise. Thank you so much. As always, I really appreciate it. Um, keeps making contact with me and su- giving me suggestions and feedback and what you like. And uh, don't bother telling me what you don't like because I'm doing this for, for free. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Uh, another one coming soon. And thanks again. Ta-ta. You're ready.